Welcome back to the War Chant Kingdom. We are preparing for this week's game, Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll have to wait to see exactly where that game's going to be played yet. Uh, but going back and, and looking at the game this last week, it was kind of a tough game for the Chiefs. They had a lot of things that went wrong. You know, a missed extra point, a missed field goal, a fake field goal that didn't come out, a Chris Jones penalty that cost us 15 yards, gave him the ball back uh, for a first and 10, and then we were unable to stop him. At the very end, we drive the ball down. Patrick Mahomes tries to throw the ball, and you could kind of tell that this team has not quite totally gelled as far as knowing where each other's going to be or what where he wants people to be. An interception ends up closing out the game. So a tough game for the Chiefs. Um, had we won that game, we would definitely be in the driver's seat of the AFC West. Instead, we are tied with the Denver Broncos, who I don't personally believe are going to retain uh, the winning spots that they have. They've had a couple games against some really bad opponents who've made a lot of mistakes and kept them in the game. To their credit, they have won those games, but uh, not as good of a team as what they should be. So basically last week, uh, none of us were really right. Probably the closest person to the score was uh, actually probably, I would say maybe Randy, because it was 28-16, it was his. Score ended up being 20-17. to It was just reverse direction there. So really kind of a tough thing. But again, I've got uh, the 22 plus 2 crew here with me to go over the game coming up, having some discussions on it. guys. Once again, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Thank you. Now, pronounce your last name, Francis, Chauncey, but Madrid? It is Madeer. M-A-D-E-R-E. Madeer. Like a mama deer. It's Madeer. So that's, that's how you pronounce my last name. Let's get into the Tampa Bay game coming up. Uh, we've missed Kevin the last couple weeks, so... Uh, Yes. We'd like to give a shout out to all the people that are affected by Kevin's son, Hurricane Ian. Yes, we will We will go over that and a shout out uh, later on what we did on Saturday. Uh, but let's go over the game here, kind of give uh, your assessment of where you seeing the game going, uh, a prediction on the score. And like I said, Kevin's been out uh, a week or so. So let's start with Kevin. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I apologize to my son messing up Florida. Uh, I don't, I don't know what he was thinking there, but maybe he wanted to get the game closer to home so he could go to it. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, prayers back to those people that are going to be affected by that storm. It's a uh, it looks pretty nasty on TV. But as far as the game goes, I believe the Chiefs are going to go. I'm going to say 35-21, and the reason I think that is because I think the Chiefs feel like they were embarrassed this past weekend, and uh, they got that chip on their shoulder, plus the they're still coming off that Super Bowl loss to Tampa a couple years ago. So I believe that chip's still on their shoulder. So I believe this is going to be more of a statement game. Changing on the go of the game. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my prediction. Okay, uh, next in line, I've got Ronnie, so let Ronnie in there. Uh, because Tom Brady hasn't scored over 17 points in any game this year, I'm going to say 
Okay. Any special reason behind uh, the lower well, score for the Chiefs? Don't have no connections with his receiver, but you, I mean, really, if you hear me yell at him, watch every, watch the last three games, he yelled at them all through tablets. And, yeah. You know, just because he's going through a divorce with Giselle doesn't mean you got to be mad at his players, you know? Yep. I just don't think they're connected. They got a good defense. That's why I said 24 17. Okay. Randy, you're next up on the list. Okay, well, it is now officially broadcasted on uh, CBS 5 o'clock news. The game has officially been moved to Minnesota. Just announced. Just announced. Awesome. Thank you for that update. It's 03. So, so basically, do you know that uh, Tampa Bay has the number seventh ranked defense in the NFL? I did not know that. Number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. Awesome. So they just brought up another cornerback, one they drafted. They so the Kansas City Chiefs take it that McDuffie's on IR. They all five of their cornerbacks are drafted are on the active roster. So I'm going to go back to 2814, where I'm going. Okay. So, basically, it's just you know, Chiefs were embarrassed. Mahomes embarrassed. You know, he threw a pick off another air, you know. But I, I think, you know, uh, they need to just get, get their head back on. I mean, basically what happened in last week's game is our offensive line was obliterated. Chiefs receivers were open all day. They're getting separation. Unfortunately, Mahomes had no time. How many times did he go right to the left? I mean, it's really. So uh, Orlando Brown got mauled. If, if you watch the game back, look at Orlando Brown laying flat on his ass while Mahomes is running for his life. So I'm going 28-14. Okay, Lindley. I had a problem on our special teams last week. I think Dave Tope's going to get on. We already got rid of that kicker, and we signed somebody else. Um, I, I don't know, man. I've I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a lower score than that, maybe 24-17. Fuck, you said we're going 6-20. to 24-17. Okay, so 35-21, so 24-17, 28-14, and 24-17. So Ronnie and Lindley picked the same score going out there. Nobody's listening to Ronnie. That's never happened. <laughs> All right, so... So I'm going to tell you, uh, here's here's what I think is going to happen. And, and I agree with you guys that I think that they uh, they kind of embarrass themselves. But for some reason, and I don't know why this is the case, if you go back and you think about every game that we played that had Tom Brady involved, it was always a close game. And he always got some call that got him there. Since they're playing at a different stadium, he hasn't been playing well. I just feel like they're going to get some calls this time around. And I'm going to say 24-21. I think the Chiefs are actually going to dominate the game. I just think at, at some spots they're going to, you know, get some help from the refs just like he usually does. And I think it's going to, you know, they're going to keep it close. But I think the Chiefs end up coming out with a victory. It's important for them to get a victory because the one thing we don't want to do is make Denver actually believe they have a chance to win this division by us going out and laying an egg two weeks in a row. And right. I don't think it's going to get any better for us because upcoming after this game is obviously the Raiders and the Bills. So 
we need to get back in the winning column. We need to get back to doing what we do best. And I think that's going to happen. So having said that, fellas, and knowing that that you guys are kind of in line, at least with me in, in the theory of the game, as far as, you know, the, you know, what the outcome, what we all believe the outcome is going to be. Tell me one thing that you look back on in the game last week that you actually were excited to see with all the blunders that went on. Defensive pressure. Defensive front line. They did okay. Yeah, without uh, Willie Gay. Yeah. I think they did extremely well. I think our uh, number two safety, he, he played inside too much. Uh, he made a few mistakes. Um, I don't know. Uh, looked like Frank Clark was actually getting in on some good stuff. So, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised about that, actually. So I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with you guys as far as the defense concerned, but I'm going to tell you why I think that I was really excited about the defense. Number one, they got handed a, a really bad thing to start the game out when you're already at the four-yard line and you had stopped them three and out and have to go right back out and try to hold them out, and they score a touchdown. That was one of their two touchdowns. The second touchdown, you had actually had them stopped, and because of the Chris Jones penalty, they get a first and 10 and end up driving on in and scoring. And I think at that point, they had been on the field so much that I think they were wore down a little bit. But if you think about the in-betweens there, and I understand that, you know, the Colts, as far as at least this year, aren't a juggernaut at offensive, you know, ability to move the ball. The good thing is, is that you take away the muffed punt, and then maybe we're not in a position where Chris Jones is, you know, whatever statement that he made that was so egregious that they had to throw a 15-yard penalty it probably doesn't even matter at that point because you hadn't, you know, at that point you wouldn't have had given up a touchdown. So I'm excited to see that. The other thing is, is reel back to the Chargers game. And how many times did the Chiefs put a stop to the Chargers when the Chargers were driving? And that is a good offense. So defensively, even with the injuries that we've had, even with the fact that Willie Gay's out uh, for, you know, a couple more games, We've still been able to maintain the pressure and prevent the, you know, touchdown, so to speak, even though touchdowns were scored. But it's not every play. And I don't know if you guys remember, but last year, a lot of times it would be the ball would go down the field. Somebody would catch it. The guy runs into the end zone and all you see is Tyrone Matthew with his hands up in the air looking around. And, you know, Dan Sorensen's, you know, running over to the sidelines to get water dumped on him so he can get the flames off of the jersey he just got burnt by. You know, we don't, we're not having that issue this year. This year, we've got guys who are challenging people. Um, the kid that's, that's not really getting talked out about as much, at least this week, that got talked about the week before is the Watson kid who, who picked the, the ball off and ran it all the way back for the touchdown against the Chargers. He made a couple really good plays during that game and one on one coverage with a really good wide receiver. So I'm excited to see that. So tell me, out of the last couple games, something that you consistently see that may be a minor concern of yours, if you have one. Special teams. Yeah, special teams. I think without Roger, man. I I I don't I don't understand what happened with Sky Moore last week. 
I've seen that guy catch amazing catches, just one-handed on, on the sidelines. I mean, all kinds of stuff, and he couldn't he couldn't hold on to the ball there. I don't know why he was trying to catch it anyway. He was standing at the one. Why not let let it bounce in the end zone? Which I always thought that there was kind of a a unwritten rule that if the ball was you know anything from the ten yard line in, they would let it go on a punt just because of the fact that sometimes the ball comes off strange. You don't want to, you know, muff the punt like he did and, and give the ball up on that. So you'd rather them down it at the one than you would some guy trying to catch it and, you know, do exactly what he did. And if you watch the second punt, he was a little, it looked a little shaky on the second punt too. So I'm hoping that this is something that he's gotten over after the last game that he put it behind him. Uh, but and, and I agree with you, the, the special teams in those particular particular areas is a little concerning. But remember, a lot of those issues are with young guys. So as those guys mature, that shouldn't happen. And I'll tell you something for me that is a little bit concerning is actually on the offensive side. So the Chiefs seem to do well if they get good field position or if they get a couple really good plays right off the bat. But if they get into a second or a third and long, it's almost predictable as to what they're going to do. And I'm wondering if maybe it's gotten into EB's head that if we're over a certain amount of yardage, we just live to fight for another day instead of, you know, last year when we had Tyreek Hill, we'll throw it over, just let the guy catch it and run. We don't have that particular speed currently because even though McColl may be as fast as him, he doesn't have the uh, ability to to create the separation that Tyreek did. Plus, he's still hampering on that injury from week one. So, Eric Bieniemy and uh, that, that at the end of the first half, you saw how big of a change our mindsets are from last year to this year. And you could tell it was frustrating. I have to go outside and take a phone call. Okay. We did not miss Tyreek Hill. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Are getting separation by a lot. And I mean every one of them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not. I think you're totally mis- misunderstanding my point here. It has it, it, it no no you are. You are totally misunderstanding my point. I am not I am not saying that we're missing Tyreek Hill. What I'm saying is when Tyreek Hill was here, we knew that there were certain plays that we could make as far as what EB's concerned. We're talking about EB here. I'm not talking about me as a host. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about Eric Bieniemy. I think the guy is scared to do what we did last year because he doesn't see one of our players with the ability that the guy had last year. And I think one thing that's changing a lot of things in the game now is uh, our inability to run the ball. It's, we're we're one-dimensional. Yes. You know, everybody knows that we're going to come out and they put four in the box. And with the exception of Mahomes taking off, there's not a real threat of, of the running back doing anything crazy. So they can drop linebackers back. You know, there, there's a lot of concern that 
we're one dimensional. Everybody knows that we're going to come out. We're going to run the ball maybe once or twice here and there. But 90% of the time, it seems like we're trying to throw. And eventually it's going to bite us. Exactly. And I think, honestly, I think that's part of what happened to us this week was because, you know, as Randy said, when your offensive line is not performing to the level that they are, and I don't care if they're injured, I don't care if they're just bad or whatever else, you know, the, the, the whole point is just like it was against Tampa in the Super Bowl. When you start running into situations where your offensive line can't hold up, you run into a situation where you become very vanilla. And that was what kind of where I was headed with that is I really believe that EB doesn't have the confidence in our running game. And I don't think he has the confidence in the wide receivers that we have because he's become so vanilla. Most of us. I don't think it's the third game of the year. Remember what happened last year? We were three and four. Yes. Okay, we're two and one right now. Yes. I'm it, not going to worry about anything right now until after midseason. I don't know. I think what Randy was talking about is constantly on the national news. They're talking about, oh, we're, we're not crap because of, we don't have Tyreek anymore. Well, and I think I, like that. I, I think, think one of the reasons I think one of the reasons that's talked about so much too, quite honestly, is because the Dolphins haven't lost, you know. And now all of a sudden, it's they're this high-powered offense, and boy, the Chiefs are in trouble. And I don't honestly think we're in trouble. I I, I don't think that's the case at all. What I am worried about is we've hung on to EB for the for the sheer possibility that if somebody takes him we would end up with a couple draft picks. And I don't think he's our best offensive coordinator on the team right now. I think that's Matt Nagy. And I think that I needs to be Matt Nagy. Uh, and that that's what my point was. Did you uh, see, what's his name? That guy we saw at uh, 810. That black guy out there. Yeah. Whitlock. Did you see his answer to that? I did not. On his podcast, I did not. What he, he said, the Chiefs have been trying to sell uh, the enemy as a head coach eligible or willing. You know, they've been trying to sell him as that, and now they're backing off of it. I'll send you that link, man. It it was crazy. His his input and his perception, his view of this whole situation. Yeah, and I think myself, it could be just like, you know, a locker room cancer. And and I think the frustration hit Mahomes, you could tell at the halftime. And I, I realized that Andy Reid kind of grabbed him and kind of kind of pulled him on. And basically, I think he turned and pretty much told EB, just be quiet. Because if they are going to have a chance for him to go where go somewhere, they're going to have to do it. I know what he said. And it wasn't having nothing to do with Eric Bianami. Even Matt Nagy said the same thing. I understand. Listen to the players. Don't read anything to it that's, that there's done. It's just the national media wanting to start crap on the Chiefs. This is the way it is. Just all calm down. We're two and one. Shoot. <laughs> you guys get too you guys get too excited about stuff. Last week it was a trap game. You know, and it ended up being a trap. It absolutely was a trap game. You know, I, I totally agree with you. It absolutely was a trap game. But you guys get too excited about stuff. I mean, stuff that happens still needs to be discussed whether, and I think when you hear the national media and something's brought up, you automatically get upset about what you've heard in the national media. EB, in my opinion, 
This is my own personal opinion. He is not a very good offensive coordinator. I don't believe he's calling most of the plays. I think Andy Reid allows him to do most of those. But he usually covers up his mouth. Andy Reid does. And so does Eric Bieniemy. So how do you know who actually is calling some of those plays? I think when he gives him the option to call those, you run into situations like we ran into where he wants to call the same play because it's been successful in the past. But as you guys know, as you end up playing teams, you're looking for matchups, which is what Andy Reid is so good at. He's He grabs somebody who's really good at this certain thing, and he knows their defense can't stop that thing, so he goes to that. And that's what he gave. Every other players praise Eric Bieniemy. They always praise Andy Reid. Correct. And it almost feels forced when they do with Eric Bieniemy. And right. and like I said, I think sometimes too. And it, when whether or not they have an issue with Eric or not, I'm not even going to speculate on that. But as you guys know, if you work a place for a long period of time and the same things go on, you start getting frustrated. Some of your you know, your coworkers that you work with, maybe, you know, that relationship starts to sour over something that is not really a big deal. You know, that stuff happens. And I think it probably happens there too. Hashtag truth. You know, so, but the good thing is, is I think we've got a lot of bright spots on our team. And so looking forward, what is the biggest bright spot or player? What is the biggest bright spot player that you guys see coming and why? I think it's George Karloftis. I didn't get to watch the game last week because I had to work, but uh, the highlight reel that I watched on YouTube and a couple other highlight reels that I saw on different places, there was a lot of George Karloftis in the backfield either disrupting plays or really, really close to him. I think, you know, maybe a, a half a second this way or that, I think he's involved in a lot more plays. And as a rookie, he's only going to get better. I think he is probably the bright spot that I've seen right now because he's, he's a monster and he's he's hungry, he's learning. You know, he, he, the speed of the NFL, is, they say, is way different than college. So he's adapting to all that. So I, I think he's, he's going to be a monster for us. And I think every game he just gets a little bit better, a little bit better. Pretty soon he's going to be in that backfield making all kinds of plays. I like that pick. I, I like uh, Bolton. That dude's a beast, man. And you, baby. Um, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, we're really stoked. I think all of us are really stoked for our defense. Uh, they, they seem to be progressing. Uh, they seem to be making those major stops like you talked about. I I just I'm so far defense. Anybody else got a player? Uh here too. He's coming along. Gotta get the time in. So I think he'll be okay. He'll step it up. Okay. And Randy, did you have one? Yeah, and he did have a good game. I saw a couple plays he made, too. Uh, the guy I'm excited about and the one that, that I think is a bright spot, and, and we're not even really thinking about this, is when we discussed it earlier, McDuffie hasn't played, and this Watson kid comes in and makes you know the key play against the Chargers and then several decent plays 
this last week against the Colts. I'm excited to see what happens when McDuffie comes back. Is that going to be your one-two punch? You know, what do they do with that kid? Because right now he's playing really well. At the expense of Rashad Fenton. Rashad Fenton will not be offered another contract next year. I agree with that, too. So I think they should switch sides with him and keep him on the field. Yeah. Whether it's a good game, but our, our three quarters, you know, like Bucky said earlier on, all five of our draft picks that were quarterbacks slash safeties, even the, the Cook kid, number six, they're all there. So I'm gonna whole draft guys class have been brought up except for the tackle. Jerry Kennard. Yeah, and, and Chanel's there. They're all there. Yeah, and playing well. I mean, they're all playing really good ball. I mean, I can't I can't pinpoint a one of them and say, Man, I can't believe this guy played so bad. They're all, you know, defensively Lenny, we're, we're playing. Lenny said that guy was playing inside corner, got hurt twice, number thirty five. Yeah. He did. But he got burned bad. Twice. So yeah, I mean, uh, it, it it's exciting to know that we've got some really young players and we're developing those young players, so we can attain more money. You know, to be able to, if we need to, go out and make a move somewhere, or if somebody gets hurt or whatever. Making are, are because of inexperience. Yes. And young. Yes, agreed. And they'll only get better. So. so so two things we said we wanted to go over at the beginning there, obviously the hurricane going through uh, Florida. So, you know, our hearts and, and prayers go out to those people in Florida who are having to come back. My daughter was one of them. She goes to uh, a school down in Florida and they had made the decision to tell the kids to evacuate a few days ago. So she's back home now. Uh, and so hopefully anybody. Time to get us in that Maple Leaf Festival next year. Yes, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna discuss that as well. So this last Saturday, we went up to uh, downtown Hiawatha to the Maple Leaf Festival. We walked around, we took pictures, we talked to different people, uh, we bought a couple things. Uh, next year, we're looking at going up there and actually setting a booth up and and doing some things. So, uh, if you guys want to talk about any of the experience that you had or or anything that happened up there, go right ahead. That is awesome. It was almost a big disappointment because they never got the bull set up. They never got the bull set up. They really wanted to see Lindley ride a bull. Yeah, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Who knows? We talked to a lot of nice people there, a lot of people from the town. Never did get a direct answer from why all U's or B's on the calligraphy of the ground cannon poured out. But all I can tell you basically is that. They were too lazy to finish the job. <laughs> was, they just made a B instead of a U. And so that's basically, that's what they said. That it, was the, it was the way the lettering was back in the day in 1925 when the courthouse was built. Old English. Well, it, you can make a O. Um, some of the people we talked to were very nice. Uh, some of the fans drove down. It was reverse NASCAR. We walked to the ride lot. Yep, and then then we had pictures. There are people that posted. <laughs> we we talked to we. It was a nice experience. Uh, 
Chris Paul would have had the costume on when we went into McDonald's after the event. Yeah. <laughs> and started barking orders. Oh, they would have been hilarious. Uh, we'll have to do, we'll have to do that next year. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, it was a good experience. Um, so yeah, just my only thing: if you get us a booth over there, you keep us away from that damn generator. Yeah, yeah, we definitely need to get away from there. I will say too, we took some. We we took some pictures. Uh, there were some pictures. I think uh, some of the people who actually took the pictures didn't they post it to the twenty two plus two page? And so you can go check that out on Facebook, 22 plus two, uh, and the 22 plus two review, and then just check out the pictures. Uh, you're more than welcome to come anytime that we're anywhere. We always try to let everybody know in advance, just in case we're going to be somewhere. Uh, we always have a good time looking forward to this next game guys. Again, I appreciate you each and every week coming on here, giving your opinions for the games, your predictions for the games and, and talking about it. So thanks again. Yeah. This episode of the War Chan Kingdom is brought to you by Branson, Missouri's newest vendors mall, Peddler Peach Trading Post. As proud sponsors of the War Chan Kingdom and the Kansas City Chiefs, they welcome you to stop by and check out their new inventory of Chiefs merchandise, including signed memorabilia. With over 40 booths to explore, Peddler Pete's uses vendors that provide antiques, jewelry, crafts, home decor, collectibles, and much, much more. With a winning attitude just like the War Chant Kingdom and the Chiefs, they are eager to assist you in all your needs. Stop by Peddler Pete's Trading Post located at 121st South Commercial Street in Branson, Missouri, or call 417 527 44 Eight, eight. That's Peddler Peach Trading Post, 121st South Commercial Street in Branson, Missouri, or you can call 417-527-4488. Brazilian TV station will be there doing the broadcast and interviewing the Martel game. People from Martel game, just letting you know. So on the Bills game, 325 game, Brazilian TV will be doing a live remote from Martel game. And it will be broadcasted in Brazil. <laughs> so we'll be eager to see how that comes out. All right, guys. Well, we'll see what happens this week in the game. Sounds like it's moved to Minnesota. So let's see if we can go get our tickets and we'll see what happens. All right. Yeah, thanks, guys.